So now we have the great pleasure of hearing from one of the founders of ASHA, Mr. Freddie Martin. He is going to come up and share about the work going on in Delhi. Please join me in welcoming Freddie. Thank you very much. Kiran sends her love to you all, and she's really sorry that she couldn't be here this morning. And she would love to be here, but I get a chance to speak because she's not here. <laughs> not that she wouldn't stop me from speaking, but those of who know my wife, you know very well. We were married in 1985, and Prina was born in 87. From 87 to 88, we shifted house three times. And we had moved into a new place. It was nice, good locality, cheap rent. We could afford it, and we were living there. And every day in the afternoon, I would come back from church. I would get a phone call from a wonderful old lady who, lived, who was a member of our church. And she would say, Friday, God told me that I should give you my house. I said, What? I said, God told you you should give me your... Oh, no, I mean you should come and stay in my house on rent. And this went on for three weeks, on and on and on, till I got so bugged, I wouldn't pick the phone in the afternoon. I went to Kieran said to me, pick it up. So I picked the phone. I said, yes, Sister Nathaniel, how can I help you? God again said to me that you should take my house on rent. So I went to see the house. Beautiful. In the heart of the city of Delhi, it had lawns, it had seven rooms, huge drawing dining. And I said, I can't afford it. It's too much of a rent. I was only paying 1,200 rupees as a rent. I can't pay 10,000. She said, you pay me only 1,000 rupees, but you must stay here. I said, I'm staying in your friend's house. How can I shift? She said, I already talked to my friend. She has no objection. You come and stay here. <laughs> and we shifted to that house. And within a month, Asha began. That was the birth story of Asha. And we were so hard in our hearts. God literally had to kick us. So my, what I'm talking today is whispers and nudges of the Holy Spirit. It comes in different forms, in different ways. And if you are quick enough to see it and perceive it, something wonderful always happens in your life. And... Kiran said, I can't sit here and see people dying. And we were on, she was on a sabbatical. And I said, no, Prana is so small. She said, no, I'm going. I was a school teacher. I would go to school, come back in the afternoon, get samples from the hospital. We would spread it out in the drawing room. And she would start her clinic in Ambedkar Basti. And from 1988 to 1998, 10 years, we went through H-E-L-L. -L. Bless the Holy Spirit for that. <laughs> we didn't know what hit us. We didn't know what was happening in our house. We didn't know what, what to do. We were fighting against the mafia. We were fighting against gangsters. We, she realized the only way to break the back of the men, the patriarchal society in the slums, is to work through women. And women had this pardas. They would see through the pardas. You don't know what they saw. But they saw through the pardas. And they came out of it. And the health care program began. Money began to pour in from various places. Various people heard about it. Charities came behind us. 
and she was written written about. Asha was filmed. She came to Atlanta to do a live program in CNN. It just took off. And we said, whoa, this is super. Then came the critical part. As all agencies will support you, they say, Freddie Martin, can you give us a spiritual report? And I said, huh? What? Spiritual report? What's that? How many people got saved? How many people are on the way? How many people are following Christ? Do you have a church running? I said, what? I don't, I don't talk that language. I don't do this. But they wanted to know more about it. I used to only write three, four lines. Prayer meeting in the morning in all the slums. People reading the Bible, to, Bible getting read to them. Worship service going on. That's it. They got fed up with that. In a prayer meeting one day, a woman called Bimla, you know her. She belongs to the same community as hers. She had a severe, severe back problem. And she couldn't even move. She couldn't even move. She went for that meeting. And she felt as if somebody had pulled the, you know, the cord of her petticoat. And she thought the sari is going to fall away. So she held on to it. And she bent down and she heard a sound click. And God healed her. We didn't do it. The Lord did it. Nobody prayed for her. It just happened. Tack. So she was so excited. She came outside of her office. And there was her relative lying down selling tea. She used to oversee the tea shop. And she said, what are you sitting there for? Get up. Jesus can heal you. And she prayed for her. And she got up. And she became the so-called now, what you terminal, uh, terminology is evangelist in Asha. And began to talk about the work of God. And things began to move in a super fashion. So obviously, when things begin to happen like this, everybody wants to control it. Everybody wants to put their stamp on it. And everybody wants to hold on to it and say, this is my work. Isn't it? But that's not what God wants to do. And that's not how he worked in our lives. God spoke to me very, very, very clearly one day. As I was struggling and I wanted to take over this whole stuff. And he said, one man sows, one man reaps, God gives the increase. Your job is to sow, sow deep, and keep on sowing. Somebody else will reap. That's not your job. Go on sowing. And today, so many people and so many churches are working in the slums today because of Asha. And they work amongst the community. And they are following the Lord. I was invited to a Christmas program. And I walked into a hall about twice the size of this. And I saw about 600 people sitting all on the floors, all jammed up like sardines. And I looked at them all smiling at me. And I talked to Surrender and I said, Surrender, who are they? He said, they're all following. I said, how? There's a South Korean church that works in the slums. And they're linked up with them. And they train them, teach them. And what a blessing it has been. That I can now relax and say, I don't have to be a pastor of that church. I don't want to take care of them. They're being taken care of. And that's a beautiful part about it. So my wife had a great idea. She said, Freddie, we must allow the women to teach the Bible. I said, what? They can't read the Bible, darling. She said, so what? They can get the Bible read by whom? Who's going to read the Bible? The children will read the Bible to them. I said, but how is it possible, Ma? You can't do this. So I wrote to my very dear friend, Ian Farr. He was in South Africa. And I said, Ian, you know, as usual, the lady has a fantastic idea. And the idea is she wants the women to start taking Bible classes in the slums. What do I do? 
So he sent me a letter. He said, idiot, back off. The Holy Spirit is never contained by illiteracy. Hallelujah. And that changed completely. They would do so many wonderful things and great things as things began to evolve in our slum community. 2004, we had a massive demolition of a slum because the Commonwealth Games had come up. And they were going to build a huge bridge. 6,000 families were raised to the ground. They lit up the whole place. And all that went through was real, real problems we had. And we struggled for three months. We lobbied with the government of India. We talked to them. And you know, there comes a time in your life when you're so tired. And you just say, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I just want to give up. I can't handle this. We've got to drop this project. It was so difficult. Seven o'clock in the morning, I received a text message from an engineering graduate student of mine, whom I had taught many years ago. And I don't believe any young boy gets up at seven in the morning, and especially when it's a Saturday. <laughs> and he sent me a message on his phone. He said, positive pictures are often developed in the dark. So if you are in the dark, not knowing what to do, know for sure. God is developing a beautiful picture for you. And I got the nudge. We got the nudge. We knew what the Holy Spirit is saying here. Through a donkey. Through a man who didn't believe. Who doesn't know anything. But he writes this text to me. And I held on to that with all my heart. And thank you. <laughs> I still have 29 minutes and 30 seconds to go. <laughs> And there we, were, there we were. She went and met the chief minister and land was allocated to 6,000 families. And apart from that, they were so convinced 60,000 families were rehoused in Savda because of that one thing. God gave that encouragement in the right time. Prana went to Harvard. She comes back to Delhi in 2007. And another idea came up. Why not write a letter to the, treasure, uh, the secretary of the treasury in India? Because he's a Harvard business school guy. So Kiran wrote a nice letter and Prerna signed. I would like to meet you since I'm the same school. And immediately he said, come, I'd like to meet you. And they went to his office and they had a lovely interaction. Most powerful man in India. And suddenly he says, I'd like to come and see you, Asha. What about January the 21st? He said, yes. And he comes and he talks to the slum people and he says, what is happening here? The slum people don't have bank accounts. They don't have anything. They don't have access to the banking system. And that day onwards, from 2008, birthed the first financial inclusion program in Delhi, which included all our slums. They got cards, they got accounts, and they were able to access the system. They got loans, massive loans. One guy, Mefus, came to me one day. In the morning, and he said, I want to meet your wife. I said, you can't meet her. I don't get a chance to meet her. How are you going to meet her? You can't. Do you have an appointment? He said, I, I don't have an appointment. Why do I want to meet her? My foos in Ektavia. I said, what nonsense is this? And he stood his ground, adamant that I will meet her. And then we did let him meet Kiran. And he fell at our feet. And he asked for forgiveness. And what it was about? He had robbed our office. He had ransacked our office a couple of years ago. He had served his term, but he was grateful that we gave him a loan 
And his whole family turned around because of that. He said, you never held it against me. But today I'm able to eat. Food is on the table. Hundreds and hundreds of businesses took off. People were having food on the table. Children were able to go forward. And then came on the 2008 program. We were applying for Madhuri College admissions here. And it was a wonderful whisper one night and a dream. If you care so much for your daughter, why not for the children in the slums? That's it. We knew this is what we heard. If you care so much for your daughter, why not for the children in the slums? And she went to the slums and met this girl, Shabnam. 92% holder. Couldn't go to college because she had no money. And today, over 1,950 kids are into college and to higher education. That one whisper changed. Today, people have got loans. They're taking, doing, having businesses. Mentorship program is picked up. The internship program with 60, 70 companies. Is somebody from Macquarie here? Is the vice president here? He said he's going to come. Anyway, so Macquarie has been a big partner with us in Asha, and so many of our children have had a, had a chance to work with them and intern with them. And you know Mahinder's story is in, he's in Sydney working with Macquarie there, and he got a, he got a job. He's being paid about seventy five thousand dollars a year, and he comes the same slum as Usha does. They're great friends, but this is what is happening. So when God speaks something to you, we never see the end part of it, do we? 30 years down the line, if the Lord would have told me that this is what you're going to get into, I probably died of fear. <laughs> Stretched beyond limits, not knowing where the next money is going to come from sometimes, not understanding, but seeing miracles happen, seeing lives being transformed, people following the values of that, that transformed their lives. One story and I will end. I was recently told that a young lad said thank you to his mother. Do you say thank you when mom cooks? You should. Said thank you to his mother. And the mom nearly dropped her food and said, what? 20 years you never said thank you? What's wrong with you? So the father said, he's learning that from Asha. And when I heard that story, I said, it's getting to the men. It's getting to the men. Hallelujah. The Lord is at work. They're hearing it. That's a real powerful thing. Wonderful thing to hear. Thank you so much for your prayers and support. And I have the honor and great privilege to introduce this wonderful young lady. Uh, Osha comes from Ekta VR. Struggles, so lots of struggles in her life. But today she, um, i got to take an appointment with her. She has, she has no time. Usha, come. You want to show the video? Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with you today. When I got my visa for the U.S., I was so happy. It is very rare for a young person living in a slum to get a U.S. visa. So thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, this is a picture of the slum community I live in. It's called Ekta Vihar. I have lived here all my life. 
what you see is the main access road in the community people bathe cook and sleep on the main road because the houses are so small the road is always filled with garbage groups of men sit on the road and play cards i spent my childhood playing on the streets and lanes in this slum i remember as a child i would go to the local market to collect just one bucket of water as there was no water supply in my community the large open drain flows right next to my community there are many homes along the drain malaria and dengue fever are common because of the uh, flies and mosquitoes the pigs you see here belong to some families who earn a living from them there is a narrow path along the drain and i use it every day to go to work my home is just 50 meters away from here as you can see people have covered the end of my street with pieces of cloth so that the road is not seen there's a small hole on the side and people go through it to use the narrow path this is a picture of my father getting ready to go to work he is a casual gardener earning about 200 dollars a month he is completely illiterate my three siblings and i have seen poverty all our lives chicken was made in our home only once in 3 weeks and paneer was made only on festivals do you know i never had breakfast and never took lunch to school i always wore old clothes that my mother would get from the homes where she worked i don't remember my parents ever buying me new clothes new toys or story books to read they never had any money for all these things can you imagine this is a picture of a public toilet block as a child i remember waiting for half an hour in a line for my turn to use this dirty toilet i thank god that since my life has changed we now have our own toilet i first entered this beautiful asha center when i was 9 years old i joined the asha children's group i would love to come here after school we played games read books and learned about our rights and responsibilities we worked hard to promote good health send young children to school and do community service this is my friend nandini we studied on the floor every day there was no study table or chair in my house when i was younger the girls in my community would be married off by the age of 11 or 12 years hardly any girls went to school i was one of the few lucky ones whose parents allowed me to go i was thrilled when asha gave me the opportunity to learn english through the asha volunteers who came from all over the world before i got this chance i did not speak a single word of english since nobody in my family or community spoke english i also pass out from hindi medium school without asha i would have never been able to stand before you today and speak like this children living in slums do not have desktops laptops or tablets most of them go through their school years without knowing even the basics of computers 
I was very lucky to have received computer education at Asha's computer lab in my community. I could hardly believe it the day I got admission to study political science and history at one of India's top universities, University of Delhi. This would have been impossible without Asha since I was the first girl in my entire family and community to go to university. Asha assisted me with educational resources for my high school exam. They showed me how to apply to university, which was something that I had no idea about. Dr. Kayan paid all my university fees. In fact, I was so ignorant that just during the university admission process period, I went to my village with my family. I just did not realize what a huge mistake I was making. The Asha team kept phoning me to return. But by the time I came back, I had missed the deadline. Just imagine. Then Dr. Kiran phoned the vice chancellor of the university and through his intervention, I was able to get in. I was nervous at college in the first few weeks. Everyone had smartphone, were from highly educated and rich families and spoke very good English. Gradually, I settled down and began to enjoy my college life. I had the great privilege of doing my internship at the Australian High Commission during my summer breaks. This was a wonderful experience for me. It was for the first time that I entered such a beautiful office building. I felt so proud. As a child, I would always dream of becoming a journalist one day. I would play with a toy mic and pretend to be one. Then Asha gave me a mentor, Australian mentor, Peter Donald, who was a journalist with ABC Australia. She introduced me to many journalists and helped me to get an internship at India's largest media house, the Hindustan Times. It was one of the biggest days in my life when I found out that I had got into the Indian Institute of Mass Communication. This is one of the premier institutes in India for journalism. It is so difficult to get in. Without Asha's motivations, guidance and financial help, it would have been impossible. I got placed at a TV channel called APN immediately on completion of my diploma. I had my first job as Hindi journalist. My childhood dream had come true. I was so thrilled. I, my family began to realize that something really big had happened. They began to respect my achievements. My interest in entertainment journalism kept growing and I got a job as video journalist at Desi Martini of Hindustan Times. This is one of India's most popular entertainment channels. You can see my videos on desimartini.com. Just you saw, this is the same. I regularly get the chance to meet celebrities and interview them. Many of you may have heard about Ran Vijay, the famous anchor of the TV program, Rodis. I couldn't believe it. When I interviewed someone whom I, had, whom I had admired for so many years. This is a picture of the Desi Martini team. They are children of doctors, professors and businessmen. I, the daughter of a gardener. But I hold my head high with the belief in the equal worth of every individual that Dr. Kiran has taught all of us. Dr. Kiran and her team raised an army of Asha ambassadors to carry out her vision to reach every slum in Delhi. I am one of them. 
we motivate students and their parents mentor them coach them and give them career advice just as i had a mentor once today i am a mentor to many asha students who would like to make a career in journalism together we all are determined to work hard to make our vision come true and we will not stop till we have reached every slum in the capital of india this great transformation in a city would have never been possible without asha values that dr kiran has taught all of us they are the foundation of my life i have learned to be positive and i have seen that it takes away my fears and my anxiety when i am joyful i always feel full of energy and don't get tired easily i have understood how important it is to be grateful to every person who has played a part in changing my life i love being generous towards others with my time my skills and whatever financial help i can give uh, i would now like to read a short poem in hindi for our beloved dr kiran who is deeply admired by thousands of slum children in india i will read it in hindi the meaning is on the screen अजीज भी वो है नसीब भी वो है दुनिया की भीड़ में करीब भी वो है उनकी दुआओं से चलती है जिंदगी मेरी क्योंकि खुदा भी वो है और तकदीर भी वो है हर रिश्ते में मिलावट देखी लेकिन सालों साल देखा है मैंने मेरी माँ को उसके चेहरे पर ना थकावट देखी ना ममता में कोई मिलावट देखी हालातों के आगे जब साथ ना जुबा देती है पहचान लेती है खामोशी में वो मेरा दर्द सिर्फ वो मेरी माँ होती है नाउ ऑन बिहाफ ऑफ ऑल द यंग पीपल फ्रॉम आशा स्लम कम्युनिटीज आई थैंक जॉन सैरा चार्ल्स एंड कैरोलाइन एंड द रिवर टीम फॉर सपोर्टिंग आशा इन सो मेनी वेज वी विल ऑलवेज प्रे टू गॉड फॉर योर गुड हेल्थ एंड हैप्पीनेस आई इन्वाइट यू ऑल टू विजिट अस इन इंडिया एंड सी दिस वंडरफुल ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन बाई अर सेल्फ थैंक यू सो मच थैंक यू